Managing their expectations. Now, of course, this is not only a principle in business. We all have customers. We have people who expect things from us. Uh, and the key to managing the, the to managing their expectations is under promising and over delivering. If we over promise, then we've created an expectation which we cannot really satisfy or don't intend to satisfy, and so there's disappointment. If we under-promise and over-delivery, there's always a sense of delight and satisfaction in the other person. So it's not about how much you deliver. It's about how much you deliver in relation to the undertakings and you made and the expectations you created. You can imagine, therefore, what my, my concern when we came to the United States in the end of the 90s, uh, and it was explained to me by, by business people and friends that it was really going to be important for me, both in business and in every other area, in, in rabbinics as well, to exaggerate my capabilities, to exaggerate my successes, because that's what one does. And it was explained to me that uh, in any case, customers cut by 50% anything you claim. If a company or an individual puts out an advertisement uh, claiming certain things, uh, there's an understanding that he's exaggerating or that they are exaggerating and, and one cuts that down in one's expectations. And that was something terribly troubling to me. Firstly, we discussed in the Matmonim not long ago about the indignity, the humiliation of having to self-promote. And we're living in a society of self-promoting because we're not sensitive to that degradation. That there is degradation in the need to have to self-promote and to have to self-promote and exaggerate one's accomplishments in, and, and lie and be deceitful and manipulative. That was something that I just uh, was never able to relate to in, in the United States. I certainly understood it when people were selling things to, to me. Uh, but I certainly wasn't able to act that way in creating expectations in others. Um, understanding that you're always going to disappoint people if you over-promise. Over and what has this got to do with Nadorim, you might, you might wonder? Well, how do you create expectations with speech? So what if we created a greater expectation than we are capable of or plan to deliver? Does that constitute a nadir? I've said to somebody, I plan to do such and such. I've undertaken to do such and such. It, if I am overstating my capability and creating an expectation in you which is exaggerated, have I created a nadir that I'm not able to fulfill? And that's the topic of the Gemara in this, in, in this particular sugi, in this piece of Gemara. And the Gemara comes to the conclusion that if what I am saying the exaggeration I'm, I'm putting forward is normal speech. Everybody knows that it's exaggeration, then it isn't an error at all. But if there's place to think that maybe I'm being specific and intentional in what I've say, said, then there is such an undertaking. And the idea that the Gemara works with here is the need for piv velibo shavim. It's important that one's heart, one's intention, and that one's words, in the cases of Nadorim, are matched up, are aligned. As the Rosh says, If a person makes a neder, makes an undertaking in his head, but even if he hasn't said anything to contradict it, but he hasn't articulated it in words, that is not a neder. 
קושחין זה שהוציא בפיו מה שלא היה בליבו, and certainly if one were to articulate with one's mouth something which wasn't in your mind at all, that also isn't a neder. It needs to be both intention and words, that where the words and the intention are well aligned, that's what's needed to create a neder. And the Gemara and Al-Gemara uh, comes to the conclusion after discussing a case where two people are negotiating a price and each one swears not to pay more than a certain amount or not to pay less than a certain amount. And the Gemara tries to compare it with a case when somebody is pestering another with an invitation to dinner. Um, and the other person just doesn't want the invitation. He doesn't want to accept the invitation. And he would like the inviter to stop inviting him. And so he, in an exaggerated sort of way, says, I will never, I, I swear, I'll never drink a drop of water in your house. I'll never eat a thing in your house. And the question is, does he really mean that? Does he mean that he can't walk into the person's house, that he can't eat a thing in the person's house? And the Gemara discusses that and comes to the conclusion, no, in that case, he's clearly exaggerating. Why is that so? The Gemara says, because in that particular case, Tzadikim Omrim Me'atva Osim Harbe. It is normal for Tzadikim, interestingly, for righteous people, and we'll talk a moment, in a moment why it's got to do, what it's got, it's got to do with righteousness. They manage expectations. They promise a little and they deliver a lot. And that idea comes from a Gemara in Bova Metziah, which explains last week's Parsha, uh, where Avraham says, When these three visitors turn up to Avram's tent at a time that he was, was suffering still from the pain of his procedure, of his bris, uh, and he persuades them to stay for a meal. And he says to them, have a piece of bread. I'll organize a piece of bread for you. Have something to eat and then continue on your way. And then the Torah says, if you took him further, Avram goes off to, to the... pen of cattle, and he takes a beautiful um, calf, and he gives it to Yishmael and asks him to prepare it, and he asks Sarah to prepare a meal and a cake. So he makes this massive banquet after offering them a morsel of bread. Says the Gemara in Bova Metziah, Amar Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Elazar says, Mikan shitzadikim omrim me'at v'osim harbeh. From here you see that righteous people do a little, say a little, they promise little, but they deliver so much more. Whereas Rishayim, Omrim Harbeva, Afina Meyata Edamosim. But Rishayim, wicked people, promise a, a, a lot, promise a fortune, and they don't even do a little. And that's based on the principle of Shammai in Pirkei Avot. Emor Meyat Vaseh Harbeh. Offer little, promise little, and deliver a lot. That's a principle that, that Shammai teaches us. By the way, Pirkei Avot, I've always... considered to, to be not the ethics of the fathers, avot in the sense of avot, but avot in the sense of avot melacha or avot nezikin, and av meaning a principle. So prikei avot are the chapters of life principles that the various Tanaim uh, had, and, and Shammai's life principle, one of them was emor mi'at va'aseh harbeh, manage expectations, don't overpromise and, and underdeliver. And so here too, when a person says, I won't even... have a sip of water from your house. Uh, he doesn't mean I won't even have a sip of water. He means I won't have a, have a meal. So why does he say a sip of water? So the run explains, because he's concerned. If I come into your house uh, and I do have just a, a, a piece of bread or a sip of water, I know that you, like other tzaddikim, 
over deliver. So you invite me in for a cup of tea, but what happens afterwards is I stay for a whole meal and I don't want that. So I'm not even going to take the, the, the cup of tea. Um, and that, but his real intention is I don't want to have a meal with you. But the Rosh is, is, goes even finer than that. And the Rosh says, um, I know, he says, that you're likely to invite me just for a morsel because that's how Sadiqim do it. You invite for just something small. So uh, in anticipating your invitation uh, or maybe even responding to your invitation for a small meal, for something light, I'm, I don't want to accept anything at all uh, because I know that that's what you're, what you're going to be doing. Now, why is this a question of tzadikim? This idea of under-delivering, uh, under-promising and over-delivering, surely that's just a, a business strategy. Why is that? What's that got to do with tzidkut, with righteousness? But in our Masefta, of course, what we're dealing with is not just the creation of, and management of expectations from an interpersonal relationship perspective, but there's also a risk of neder. There's a risk that in creating an expectation, I'm actually making a neder, I'm making a vow. Uh, and then I'm bound by that vow and I don't intend to fulfill it. And so tzadikim are very careful. Tzadikim are sure that, they, that anything they say that creates an expectation creates a lesser expectation than the one they plan to deliver on or the one they're capable of delivering on, thereby not even coming close to matters of, of Nadarim. Where's a Rasha? A person who just doesn't think that way about it, the way he speaks and the expectations he creates um, is light with his mouth and makes promises which he has no intention of keeping. And so, in fact, in the advertising interest industry and in the industry of self-promotion on social media and other forms, uh, we do have to be careful that, uh, yes, if everybody understands we're, we're exaggerating, that's one thing. Um, but anything that people could interpret as a true expression of my capacity to deliver something uh, or my track record of having delivered certain things, we need to be really careful, firstly, from a sitkut level, just from a level of piety, not to promise or undertake anything that we don't intend to deliver on. But in addition to that, there's always the just the strategy of life and, and of course, of business as well, um, that it expe an expectation does create a certain obligation. Uh, and it's better to always surprise people. We talked yesterday about allowing a, a space for imagination in the way we communicate. Uh, here it's about introducing uh, surprise into the way we communicate. Always communicate in a way that doesn't deprive people of of surprise, of that aha moment of wonder, uh, even in little things by uh, undertaking, by expressing verbally less than we plan to deliver factually, we create, this, we, we create that surprise and that delight in others, which is such an important part in the way we serve the people around us.